Welcome everyone. There are many eleven species and uh, all forms of uh, life in this world. At the same time, as a human being, we may realize that we are very powerful species. Perhaps now and then you may find that it is quite interesting to be a human being. We are very creative as well as a powerful species. We are the only ones who can build bridges, castles, write poems, We are also very destructive. We are capable of destroying environment and we are the only ones who can challenge the world of nature. And sometimes we can be very barbaric when you look at human history, you'll find many characters are totally barbaric. Men like Genghis Khan, he's an embodiment of uh, barbarianism. And he's a human being, just like you and me. We have all these extremes as uh, human characters. There's a Buddha on one side and there's a Genghis Khan on the other side. They both are human beings. <coughs> Whereas a Buddha was a man of love, peace, who will sacrifice himself for the greater deed of humanity. He doesn't want anything for himself. Then there's a Genghis Khan who was merciless, who was drunken by power, who never knew how to be content with the power, and he was responsible of the death of millions and millions of people. At the same time, we must remember that they both are human beings, just like you and me. We are not different from either of them. There's a Buddha inside each of us, and there's also Gangskan in each of us. There's a hero in each of us, there's a villain in each of us. So we are the only species who can conceptualize, think about uh, notions of soul, morality, 
self-sacrifice, enlightenment, working for the greater deed. Periodically we will ask ourselves, what am I doing on this planet? What is the the highest uh, vocation of my existence? As well as also sometimes we have uh, role models in our life. Role models that uh, pointing out path that we take, direction that we follow. I think hope is uh, something that we all think of periodically. Remember, we are the only human, we are the only human beings on this planet and we are the only creatures who know how to think of notions of hope. Hope is the same as aspiration. Usually Buddhism teaches that you have to go beyond both hope as well as also fear. In that sense, hope is more based on the egoic desire that you want to achieve worldly glories for yourself. And that kind of hope is egoic as well as narcissistic. But at the same time, we cannot completely abandon hope. We need a hope. In Buddhism, there's a notion called bodhicitta, which is a form of a hope. It is a form of a highest aspiration. It is your desire to be awakened. Not only that, as well as to awaken all humanity, as well as all living beings, to the highest truth, as well as to the highest freedom and the happiness. So this seems to be a very powerful time in human history that we have to ask this question. What is our hope? Because sometimes we are quite disheartened by hearing all this news coming from all over the world. Perhaps you just heard that there was a bomb explosion at the holiest site in Buddhist tradition, Buddha Gaya, place where Buddha become awakened. This happened just a few days ago. And then also you heard that in Burma, the Buddhists are suppressing, persecuting, uh, Islamic minority. So we hear all these uh, 
news coming from all over the world which disheartens us. And yet when we think carefully, we are all uh, human beings. We are brothers, sisters. There's no really Muslims. There are no Buddhists. There are no Christians. And then we are human beings. We are very powerful. We are destructive as well as we can be also sometimes heroic. We have the ability to forget ourselves and, and to love everyone. Or sometimes we can be totally lost in the delusion to become very violent, destructive. So hope for the humanity as well as for oneself is to transcend your ego-based identity. This is what I have been speaking uh, for quite a while. I was in Alaska recently. This is what I talked about. And today I'm here in Spirit Rock, which is a very lovely meditation center. I'm going to speak this very topic, which will give a, a hope for yourself as well as humanity. This is only our hope. Otherwise, there's never going to be peace in your heart as well as in this world at large. If you wanted to find freedom, peace, awakening for yourself, then the only hope that you have is by transcending your egoic identity. And if you really wanted to have a hope for humanity as your large family, then the answer is once again transcending ego identity. The humanity has to transcend ego identity. Buddha already transcended his own identity. He had no identity. That's why when they asked him, who are you? He didn't tell who he is. He replied, I'm only awake. Remember, there's a very famous anecdote which is mentioned in the Pali Sutra. The Brahmins heard that Buddha was transcending all caste system, class systems, and the racial systems. And they heard that he is challenging the status quo. He welcomed all the untouchables into his uh, Sangha, into his community, and made them even spiritual 
teachers. A group of uh, Brahmins decided to challenge Buddha philosophically because they had all the scriptures presenting that caste system was granted by divine. So it is an infallible law. So they asked Buddha, is that true? You are inviting, accepting untouchables. And Buddha asked them back, is there a consciousness? They said, there is consciousness. Buddha asked them, is consciousness Brahman or untouchable? They said, consciousness is neither Brahman nor untouchable. And then Buddha said, that is the logic. There are no Brahman, there are no untouchable. There's only consciousness. We are all consciousness. In the same way, consciousness has no identity. You are a consciousness. You are consciousness because you are alive. When I say consciousness, I do not mean that you are some kind of divine entity or supreme consciousness. You are simply consciousness because you are alive. You are able to think, feel, taste, and that's why you are a consciousness. The consciousness has no identity. You cannot say consciousness is a male or female. You cannot say consciousness is a European or American or Tibetan. Consciousness has no identity. The moment you are born, you are a consciousness. When you die, you die as also consciousness. Right now, you are living as a consciousness. Please uh, do not think that I'm uh, using uh, this uh, Hindu notion of Atma, supreme consciousness. I'm simply saying that this Consciousness which you are is neither ordinary nor sacred. <clears throat> the definition of consciousness is that you are alive. One who is uh, hearing this uh, teaching is uh, the consciousness. One who is noticing that you are sitting on the chair is consciousness. One who is thinking that I don't understand what he is saying is also consciousness. 
when he's saying that, oh, I'm totally understanding what he's saying. As a matter of fact, I'm having a satori right now. Sadhini Vekhini is also consciousness. One is thinking that when he's going to finish his talk so I can go back and to grab my late night snack is also consciousness. Or when I was thinking that this must be very special evening. Now some people think that uh, some moments are very special, spiritual. I'm sure there are some people right now thinking that this moment is very special. And thinking that you're hearing something totally profound. That is also consciousness too. But you cannot define what it is as no identity. All the identity that you and I possess are conditional. It is a given to us, as well as superimposed by the outer environment. <coughs> Our parents told who we are. And society told who we are. The moment you are born, we didn't have any clue, any idea of who we are. Many years ago, I was flying from south back to California. And on the plane, I was uh, reciting a Buddhist prayer, which was written in Tibetan language. I sat next to a gentleman who saw that I was uh, reciting this uh, scripture in a very esoteric language. He asked me, is that Sanskrit? I told him that is a Tibetan prayer. And then he became very curious about me. And then he said he's a Christian. We talked about Jesus Christ. I told him that I had, a, I have a great respect to the teachings of Jesus Christ. And he said, do you want to become Christian? <laughs> I told him, I indicated him that I'm going through a process of losing my identities. I'm not ready to pick up new identity. <laughs> See, you run into strangers on the airplane who's ready to offer you new identity if you need. The problem is that we are stuck with our identity. That's the problem. And not knowing how to go beyond all our egoic conventional identity. Because that's not who we are. All the ancient masters taught that our problem came from delusion. In Sanskrit, it's called avidya. 
means lack of recognition. Or sometimes this is a called original forgetfulness. We forgot who we are. We forgot that we are this indescribable consciousness. That cannot be put into any category as a good or bad, perfect, imperfect, beyond all descriptions as well as all limitations. And somehow we forgot it and then end up mistakenly identifying all the false images of who we are. All the identities that we have uh, acquired from our side. And then we end up believing that we are this separate individual to be men, to be women, to be a European or to be a Tibetan. You know that some of the most destructive wars in human history come from being attached to their identities. When we are all one, we are all same, we are all human beings. In the end, we are just uh, this pure, undescribable consciousness. And what I'm speaking about is not abstraction. It may sound very abstract theory. It's very understandable for anybody to think that what I'm speaking right now is a merely abstract theory. But this is not a abstract theory. This is the truth. This is a, a science. This is the science of all science. This is not a, a belief system that somebody invented in his garage. <laughs> this is a timeless truth. This is the only truth where science and the religion meet with each other in total harmony. So if you are into religion, you can call this is the religion. This is the true religion. If you are into Jesus Christ, you can say this is his message. If you are a Buddhist, you can say this is the, the words of Buddha. This is the secret of the Buddha. If you are into science, then you can say this is the science of all science. This is the only religion that has no isms, that goes beyond all isms all belief systems.
This is a truth that you can witness right now on this very spot. In Buddhism, there's a very beautiful metaphor, which is the eye of Dharma. I always mention this metaphor in my talks, the eye of Dharma. The eye of Dharma is not an a eye in literal sense. It is the eye of your mind, eye of your consciousness. Enlightenment is just another word for opening the eye of Dharma, the eye of consciousness inside you. Vipashana is just another word for opening of eye of your consciousness. As you know that, in Zen Buddhism, they talk about Satori. In Theravadan Buddhism, they talk about Vipassana. In Tibetan Buddhism, we talk about instantaneous awakening. <coughs> the truth is that they are all describing the same insight, which is this extraordinary miracle, the opening the eye of consciousness. Vipassana means direct seeing. The direct seeing only can happen when the eye of consciousness opens. So when we meditate together, what we are doing is surrender our ego. And let go of all our resistance. And then to embark on this journey, the pathless path within into your heart, into your consciousness. And then, sooner or later, you witness this miracle, the opening the eye of the consciousness. This is the reason why we sat together today. We sat for 40 minutes. The purpose of sitting together here is to be here with a total surrender and our highest aspiration and let that miracle happen on its own. When that miracle happens and then finally you are able to see that you are a consciousness, you are able to see your dimension, and that is uncategorizable. You cannot name it, you cannot call it, 
and in them. A dimension of yourself that goes beyond all your conventional identities. That is not an American, that is not a Tibetan, that is not even a Buddhist. That is not neither male nor female. It goes beyond all these identities. Of course, I'm not suggesting, suggesting you to go around and tell I'm neither male nor female. <laughs> Please do not do that. This is not my suggestion. In the conventional world, you have to play roles. You have to tell people that you are a Tibetan, you are men, and so forth. So tonight, the, my aspiration for all of you is uh, and to even bring about uh, a moment where you can experience this miracle and to glimpse your true nature as a consciousness that nameless uncategorizable dimension of yourself. And once you glimpse it, then you can recognize it and remember that. Remember that you are this unnameable consciousness. So that is only true Vipassana, direct thing into your true nature. <coughs> There's a beautiful legend of Tara. Tara is a very popular Buddhist archetype in Mahayana tradition. And Tara is a being presented as uh, the mother of the Buddhas. Tara is, of course, not outside of each of us. Tara is just another name of your true nature, as a pure consciousness. There is a legend of Tara, which is a metaphorical. It is said that once Tara was born as a princess. All she wanted was to become a renunciate and to discover enlightenment for all living beings. And somehow she grew up in a town where people thought that women cannot be enlightened. All her friends, her parents told her that 
since she is a woman, she cannot be enlightened in one lifetime. Instead, she should follow the life of ordinary person. And Tara sang this profound verse. She says, Male and female are merely concepts. From now on, I'm going to manifest as a woman forever, eternally. And my name is going to be called Tara. So here, Tara is just another name of your two nature. There's Tara in each of us. Tara is the, the mother of all the Buddhas, <coughs> the expression of the highest truth, which is none other than our true nature, as a pure consciousness. So when you lose all your identities, then you found the secret of a Buddhism. And then you finally realized the 84,000 teachings of Buddha. And then you reached the top of a spiritual mountain. Whatever you do in the name of spirituality, either become a renunciate, a monk or nun, or spending many years in monastery, praying, meditating, the purpose of all the spiritual disciplines in Buddhist tradition is to arrive at a point where you can let go of your attachment to all your identities and to be awakened to that unnameable dimension of yourself. This sounds quite challenging sometimes, because I'm not uh, telling you that you have to literally become some kind of divine crazy man divine madman and give all your identities, wake up early morning and tell your wife, I don't know whether I'm a husband or not. <laughs> or tell your husband, I don't know whether I'm your wife or not. Or go around and tell people whether I'm, I don't know whether I'm men or women. It's not about uh, literally destroying all your identities, but to to realize that you are not your conventional identities. Your conventional identities are like your clothes, like your mask. It's only a role. It's only a superficial expression of who you are.
So in the end, what I'm trying to say is we have to let go of our even uh, ethnic identities. I'm working very hard on letting go of my ethnic identity as a Tibetan. Sometimes it has lots of uh, fringe benefits when I pretend to be a Tibetan. There's some Tibetan restaurant in New York City. Wherever I go there, and sometimes they tend to be extremely nice towards me because I am Tibetan as of my form. So you have to let go of your attachment to your ethnic identity. And then you have to let go of your religious identity, and that can be very challenging for some people. Perhaps many of you have heard this extraordinary, as well as well-known a Buddhist teacher in Theravadan tradition. His name is Buddha Dasa. In one of his teachings, he said that in highest understanding, there's no religion. Because that, there's no Buddhism and there's no Christianity. So he transcended all religious identities right there. So you have to even transcend your identity as a Buddhist. Which does not mean that you go around and tell people, I'm not a Buddhist. You can go around and tell people you're a Buddhist as you wish. And yet that is not who you are. I used to tell everybody, to be Buddhist means to be nobody. If you really know how to be nobody, then finally you are a true Buddhist. You are a Buddha, you are a true Bodhisattva. So I will ask all of you to begin to walk inside, not outside. Keep walking inside, and then you'll discover that you are on this amazing journey. You will discover that you are on this pilgrimage. But it's pilgrimage that is not about uh, going outside, but going inside. <coughs> Meditation is a form of a pilgrimage. So on that pilgrimage, <coughs> and so on that, you lose all your attachment to your false identities, all your egoic and conventional identities. And then you'll experience this miracle that finally the eye of Dharma opens and you will see your true nature, your original face as a pure consciousness.
the moment you recognize that, you lose, you lose a whole host of misery and suffering right there. And you lose whole body of a delusion right there without any struggle. And then you may experience the unconditional happiness as well. Thank you, everybody. I hope you didn't understand my teaching, <laughs> because there's nothing to understand.